Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. Having a Disney craving you can't fill? Dusters, we're your favorite hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Ashley, and this is the Pixie Dust Twins podcast produced by Limitless Broadcasting. Welcome back to our month of Starbucks. Yes, but it's so sad. Today's our final episode. Mm. All good things. All good things. Oh my goodness. Not to interrupt your sadness, but it literally says tears in the show notes. It does. I love you so much. It just cracks me up. You literally wrote tears. <laughs> well, that's how all the cows was feeling when they were filming Jedi. So they were all sad. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Oh, but we are ending with a trip to Endor and the final Death Star battle. And of course, we have our awesome Star Wars friend with us, Mr. Dan. Wow. <laughs> yes. How's it going? What's up? <laughs> oh, goodness. We are so excited Yahoo! to have we've had you on all four episodes i'm so yes. happy we it's were been able so to much do fun all four. i love it thanks mm-hmm. for yes. it's been a blast so so really ne- may 2022 put it in your calendar for we'll do the prequels because yeah. i'm gonna need help getting through those <laughs> i got you there's a lot i can say on the prequels so i got you can we just do like one episode on the prequels and then just do something else <laughs> Is that not i wouldn't be mad about it <laughs> I'm just asking. It might be like an hour and a half episode so we can get through can everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just asking. It's a lot Maybe to talk we'll about. do prequels is, and sequels. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm I'm okay with that. We'll get to we'll, it next year. We'll decide. Yes. Okay, friends. So real quick synopsis synopsis of Return of the Jedi, if you have not watched it. After a daring mission to rescue Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt. Oh no. The Rebels dispatch to Endor to destroy the second Death Star. Meanwhile, Luke struggles to help Darth Vader back from the dark side without falling into the Emperor's trap. 
Get <laughs> that sound effects. Yeah, well. Uh, that's supposed to be the Emperor's laugh, if you don't know what that was. Yeah. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> so, how the movie did opening weekend here in the United States. Uh, that was the 29th of May in 1983. So my parents had been married like two months by this point. $23,019,618 opening weekend. Grossed $309 mil, wait, $309,306,177. So like 310 mil, we'll round up. The cumulative worldwide, worldwide gross, I'm gonna also round this one up, 475 point something mil. So lots of money. Not as much as Empire Strikes Back, but still a very good amount. Mm -hmm. So, as always, we're going to start with some behind-the-scenes fun of Empire Strikes Back. First thing, we're just going to jump into Jabba the Hutt. It took six people, six, to work the full-size animatronic of Jabba the Hutt. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a big animatronic. Yeah. yeah, it was a wild process in building him. I bet. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Like he took like, look. yeah, it's like it was like three months, and it was like 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 half, I think it was like half a million dollars took they sunk the money in to actually put him together. Half so. a mil just for Java? Yeah, just he's only in the, the first like twenty minutes of the movie. Right. For it's real. like uh, it, it, that, that's such a rough thing about working on a, on a movie that's that big as a designer because it's like you put all that work in and then you don't get you know the screen time yeah. that you hope to see so mm-hmm. yeah uh, oh goodness another thing about some of the, the mechanics of the movie skipping ahead towards the end the emperor's chair was mechanic mechanic mechanized it was mechanized mechanized, mechanized. there we go <laughs> so that it could rotate when the scene called for it. Although the mechanism never worked properly. So Ian, who played the emperor, had to make it move by shuffling his feet. And they had a piece of tape on the floor to tell him when he needed to stop so it would not be visible to the camera. So they built this mechanism and it didn't work. I wonder how much money that went down the drain. It's crazy. Mm. But you can never tell. Like I, it looks still pretty smooth unless yeah. it's been digitally remastered. It probably um, has. I looked closely when it was on the other day to try to see if I could see his foot moving. If he did, he just like shuffled it briefly and then let it glide. Uh, that yeah, makes that's sense. What, that's, that's what I was looking at. So. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. One of the most iconic lines from this movie is Admiral Akbar's famous line: "It's a trap." It's a trap. But it was originally scripted as, it's a trick. The line was changed in post-production after a negative test screening. So it actually was going to be, it's a trick until the people are like, yeah, no, that doesn't work. (laughs) So they went with, it's a trap. And now it's like one of the most famous lines of the movie. Mm -hmm. Who would have known? Yeah. Memes before there were memes. (laughs) Yeah, the memes before there were memes. Okay. I have a really long one, but I'm going to do that one last because we talked about this during the history episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so originally Yoda was actually not scripted to be in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yoda was added when George Lucas determined him best to properly confirm 
Luke was, sorry, to confirm to Luke that Darth Vader was his father or not. Because I mean, Obi-Wan's dead at this point. Mm -hmm. There's no one really around to confirm it. So it was probably a good thing they brought in Yoda to confirm it. It is a sad scene though. Like we finally lose Yoda and it's like, oh, yeah, good day. But he's like 900 and some odd years old. Yeah. 900 and da da da, you look. See how you look. And then I did not know this. The second Death Star was approximately 460% larger than the first one. Hmm. I think I did know that one. I did not know that. Because yeah. I, for some reason, because it never made sense to me. Oh, okay, so they blow up the Death Star in the first one. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the Death Star is like 75% done by the end of the third. And it hasn't, like, I know there's years in between, but not that many years. So I always thought the original Death Star, like, it didn't all blow up. Like it only blew up some of it and they used bits and pieces. Like they at least had somewhat of a skeleton and they continued it to try to make it back to normal. But if it's 40, 460% larger, that that theory is like out the door for me. So I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't yeah. get how they were able to make these things that quickly. I always sort of assumed that it was, they were, it was always intended to build several of them. Right. So like the first one we oh. see might have just been the prototype, but they were working on this bigger one while they had completed the first one. So it's like, you know, cause I mean, it really is like this fascist empire. Like it makes sense that they would have a bunch of these mm-hmm. death stars everywhere. You yeah. Know. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I like your new theory. I'm going to go mm-hmm. along with that. Mm-hmm. And then the last behind the scenes I didn't do very many for this one, but so the Carrie Fisher's bikini. Here we go. Carrie Fisher complained about her costumes in the previous two movies to the writer-producer George Lucas. He explained he wanted to set Leia apart from eye-candied damsels in distress and wanted her to be a bold leader who could be looked up to and looked up to instead of sought after. Thank you, George Lucas. Best thing you ever did. Not really the best, but it's one of them. Fisher thanked Lucas for being so thoughtful, but followed with the notion that no one, the notion one could not tell, sorry, I'm having a dyslexic moment. One could not tell she was a woman. Those complaints led to the skimpy outfit she wore as Jabba's slave. Mm. So I just want to stop there for a second. So she's this modest, she has all these modest outfits on, which I'm sorry, her white dress. Yes, you can tell you're a woman in. You can see the curves. So I don't know what you're talking about, Carrie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's like George went from, okay, we're extremely modest and we're going to swing you this way so far because you complained. It's like, that was a little drastic. (laughs) Agreed. Just a little drastic. Agree. I mean, you got the point across, but, you know. Yeah, I did. Extreme way. Just too drastic on my, I think. The costume became something of a running joke among the crew because the metal framework that held the top together meant that the costume didn't move well with her since Fisher didn't like the industry industry standard solution for using double-sided tape it became necessary before each take to have a wardrobe person check to ensure that her breasts were still snug inside the costume top top and several scenes had to be reshot when wardrobe malfunction occurred oh boy yeah no that was a Definitely an interesting process during that. I know when they originally fitted her for it, like she was actually, I think, like a size or two, like higher than what she was in the movie. That Hollywood being what it is, they're like, oh no, we need you to slim down even more, which she did, but they forgot to resize the outfit. So the outfit legitimately was too big for her. 
That makes so, sense. Yeah. So but I are. just, I find it funny that she complained about her wardrobe in the first two movies. It's mm-hmm. like, why yeah. are you complaining about your wardrobe? Okay. I, I've heard different versions of that because I heard that, I have heard that, that she had said that, but then I heard another one say that there was a market who, like the, the test market was saying that, like they didn't, mm-hmm. she didn't have like a sex appeal or a feminine appeal or to like younger, I guess, male audiences or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to like move in that direction, which is one of the reasons why in the end, or not the end, but like when she's with the Ewoks and kind of consoling Luke when he's talking about, you know, his stuff. She looks more like a female. Yeah. Well, she has a very nurturing, almost kind of motherly quality to her. And that's what mm-hmm. they kind of wanted to bring across, which I mean, isn't really a bad thing, but it's mm-hmm. the purpose, I guess, was to show a different side of her. So it's like, yeah, did it work? Yeah. Maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. I mean, her her outfit and like how they put her together for the Ewok village, mm-hmm. I loved because you finally got to see her with her hair down. You finally mm-hmm. got to see mm-hmm. kind of Leia not being a princess and Leia not being a warrior. Like you right. got to right. see just Leia. The person. Yeah, the person, which was mm-hmm. really cool. So I, I applaud them on that one. I just, this, I can just never get past the metal bikini because here's here's the thing. <laughs> so few people in can. my opinion, a lot. I'm not saying all men. I'm being very generalized. So it might it probably doesn't apply to everyone, but that's all they think about now when they think of Leia. Mm. Like the yeah. first thing Princess Leia comes to men and a lot of women's minds is that stupid metal bikini, mm-hmm. and it's like that's not why we should remember Leia. But that's that's yeah, my yeah. that's my small feminine side that I bury away sometimes coming out. I feel. I feel. I get you. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any other background behind the scenes? This one's gone a little bit quicker. Mm-mm. Yes, several. Go <laughs> but, for uh, it. Go on. I'm glad but, I didn't do a long list. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. I that's actually I think I feel like Jetta was probably my longest list when I was like listing cool behind the scenes stuff. Okay, so talked about Jabba, talked about, so Jabba originally had like two other different designs when they were trying to uh, come up with this shape. Originally, Mm -hmm. so the first design was supposed to be sort of this like kind of humanoid character, but he sort of looked like uh, what you'd see in like a Chinese restaurant, like that fat kind of Buddha-ish kind of. Oh, okay. So, Mm -hmm. but he had like several arms and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And Lucas thought, well, it's a little too human. So they went with like a full on just slug, like snail, not even a face, like a bunch of, you know, like several arms and they like, Mm. okay, no, that's too far the other way. So it's like, can we marry those two? And that's how Mm -hmm. we kind of got what was in the film. Not even Java, huh? Yeah, Mm. that kind of godfather, you know, kind of, kind of look. Yeah. Yeah. The Jabba's original dancer, the green Twi'lek dancer, mm-hmm. who was still into the pit, Ula was her name. They actually, for the special edition in 1997, they actually brought her back and reshot that entire sequence. Because when he drops her into the ranker pit, yeah, originally when he drops her into the ranker pit, we never followed her in. We just hear a lot of screaming and a lot of roaring, and that's pretty much it. So when we actually followed her in, like they actually brought her back, they reshot the whole dance scene, and then they added that specifically to kind of get her reaction to it. Hmm. So I thought that I was, that was that. yeah. So that that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The Rancor himself is probably one of my favorites when it comes to visual effects. Mm. Because oh, so originally they had like originally it was supposed to be a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. So it was to be this sort of like Godzilla, you know, type kind of thing. But that they felt that it was still it had been been done. It was like mm-hmm. overdone. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what they so. 
it, it was Phil Tippett who was the guy, so they had him like in the center of it, and then two guys operating the arm. So like, well, maybe we can kind of make it look, you know, like a human couldn't do it, but it still had that really cheesy '70s, you know, kind of yeah. look. So mm -hmm. what they ended up doing was they scaled it down to about an 18-inch puppet, which was moved on rods. It's called a rod, a rod puppet, mm -hmm. and they shot it in extreme slow motion. So they sped it, sped the camera up to like it was like 90 frames a second so that when they slowed it down it showed it in like super slow motion and they basically just had him like you know do a whole bunch of movements and like you know reaching okay. out for luke and things like that but the, the crazy thing is that they had no idea whether or not if they got it or not because they couldn't go back and watch it you know back then huh. uh, oh so it was like so they're like okay we have to plan out so luke is here so he comes out here he reaches for luke he puts the thing in his mouth you know he does all this and then he starts the camera and it goes all right, go, go, go. Uh, okay, he comes out here and, it's, and he does it like super, super fast and super just, you know, energetic. He's like, did we get it? I don't know. He can't watch it. So they just like, they did like 70 plus takes of him just going wow. like this and moving his arms and I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff. So they, you know, they would shoot it from different angles. They'd mm -hmm. slow it down, like anything to make mm -hmm. it look like it, like it, it was never seen, like something mm -hmm. no one had ever seen before, you know, to make it huh. not look cheesy. Wow. Um, so yeah, just the process of that was just is absolutely incredible. So I was I was I was always blown away by that. I need to rewatch that scene. Yeah. I tend to skip it. Uh, it, it is, it's a, it's so frightening. It, it's not like the month like it's not the rancor. It's the bones. When he chomps okay. on those bones, I get queasy. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just put Gross. it on mute. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh -uh. Oh. Uh. Bleh. Nah. Yeah, that's a fun one. The little rat, Salacious Crumb. Salacious be here little Jabba's little mm -hmm. rat, little puppet yeah. thing. That, <laughs> that oh, guy. that takes C-3PO's eye out? Yeah, well, during okay. that's, um, Anthony Daniels had a legit panic attack during that scene. When he was he was nibbling in his eye because he was like he was locked in this suit and he's trying to act and he just either he couldn't catch his breath or he got claustrophobic or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So he legitimately started like screaming like get me out of here get me out of here get me out and they finally cut it and they had to like yeah so he was like he wasn't acting he was actually panicking in that moment. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. Poor Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. That was rough. Oh, I bet. Mm -hmm. uh, but he got his name. Salacious B. Crumb because Phil Tippett, the puppet designer, was drunk. <laughs> he was okay. drunk while he was making him? They were, so they had to come up with a scene. They had to come up with a name. They didn't have a He was really just supposed to be a throwaway character. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. So George was like, no, we need to give this guy a name. So they're like, all right, well, let's just, you know, they go to lunch one day and, you know, have a couple of pictures of beer and, you know, try to come up with a name. And they spent the whole time, they couldn't come up with it. You know, they're just trying different things and mm -hmm. nothing was working. So a couple of pints of beer later, they get up and start to go and Phil starts to move and he's like, oh, excuse me, I need to tie my shoelaces, I mean shoelaces, excuse me. So he does that and they're like, that's a great name. <laughs> oh, dear. So they pitch great. it to George Lucas. He's like, shoelaces, how about salacious? And there we go. That's how we get it. That's great. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's just one of those one of those film things that are just. Boy. Oh dear lord! I feel like that happens with a lot of like creative breakthroughs on mm -hmm. some of our greats. I mean, for crying out loud, what Alice in Wonderland? What's his face was little high the whole time he was doing it. I believe that. You talking about the cartoon, the original one? In the story, Alice in okay. Wonderland. Yeah. yeah. Well, how else do you come up with that? I know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> 
I don't do uh, drugs, but if I did, I would want to do it and watch that movie. It probably makes more sense. Oh, it might make more sense. I feel like it would make more sense. I probably get it more. I understand the caterpillar now. Exactly. He's a genius. Exactly. (laughs) This is truth. This is the hidden truth. Uh, Anything else seen on behind the scenes? See uh, behind the scenes. So, Billy D. Williams, the Sarlacc scene, right? Mm -hmm. Had actually there was like a a hook or something on the tentacle that actually went right through his foot. So he, yeah, he sliced like part of his foot. So when you hear him scream in the movie, that's he's... because he's actually hurt. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. But Harrison Ford was so busy being in character that he had no idea. So what he just thought happening? they're just acting to each other. So they're like, it's a little higher. It's okay. I can see a lot better. So yeah, they just, <laughs> just steered right into it, but he's actually like in a lot of pain. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh dear Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that so that's fun. Those there's that. Originally, this is a fun fact. Steven Spielberg was going to be the director of Return of the Jedi. I, I did oh, yeah. know that one. Yeah, yeah that um, would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because because you had mentioned how he had to drop out of the DGA and all that, there was no mm-hmm. way he could hire him. So he ended up going with Richard Marquand, who did a great job. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have to wonder like how different it would have been. You know, mm-hmm. Spielberg had actually that's, you know had done it. That's mm-hmm. true. That would have um, been. That would have been really interesting if Spielberg could have, or uh, blah, 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 I can't speak. Just keep going. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. We got you. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but it, it even even the movie does have kind of a Spielbergian sort of feel to it, that dreamlike kind of. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. think it does anyway. And that was that was actually a tough thing for Lucas too, because Mark Wan was a, was a character director. He really wasn't versed in special effects, so mm. Lucas still had to be there every day on set. Mm-hmm. you know dealing with how they were going to do it visually and the visual effects and all that so it was mm-hmm. just another thing that he had to you know the draining you know draining him maybe this way it took him so long to do the prequels <laughs> I, I believe it i don't and i don't blame him like no you know, me either while no. also being a ceo of a company you're running a company mm-hmm. that's got like mm-hmm. five different sublets in this country so it's company right. so it's like you know there's the pressure he was under i can't even imagine mm-hmm. it yeah so and then the the speeder bike footage i thought this was pretty cool when they shot the scene of them actually speeding through the forest mm-hmm. they shot that with a steady cam mm-hmm. and then they shot it at like one frame per second so then when they speed okay. it up it was like 24 frames a second because they you know it was obviously a lot different back then but the, the way they did it was like they they you know one frame a second and then when they speed it up to 24 frames a second it's 24 times faster so they walked at about five miles an hour from all those different angles mm-hmm. so that's how they got mm-hmm. that like 100 mile an hour kind of kind of look oh that's cool um, mm-hmm. which and in my opinion still is one of the best like it still holds up today as one yeah. of the yeah. best vfx sequences mm-hmm. so that's that's one of my favorites and then finally i didn't know this until recently the role of wicket was mm-hmm. originally supposed to go to kenny baker Oh yeah, who played? Oh. R- yeah, who played R two D two? But the morning of, because they'd already casted Warwick Davis as like what, like an extra, I think. Yeah. So on the morning they were supposed to film the scene where Wicket meets Leia when they're in the middle of the forest, and Baker had gotten food poisoning or something, mm-hmm. and he was just really, really, really sick. So he would just he couldn't do it. So that's when they brought in uh, Warwick Davis to kind of take his place, and you know, from there so on. Wait, who ended up doing R two then during those scenes? Because Wicket and R two have scenes together. I guess they filmed it later because like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I, they said, it was food poisoning. I don't know if it was something else, but I guess they were able to get it done somehow. How but, the, they would have done that? Like my mind's like, wait a second. There are scenes with them two together. How would have Kenny Baker done both? Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. It might have just been for that scene, though. Like just the maybe. scene with him and, him and Leia. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe that yeah. was the only that one. That just seems. 
Yeah. Interesting to me. Because yeah. I know we can do it nowadays because there is some, there's even like a TV show at Disney, in Disney Channel that one person plays two girls, but it's like literally they have a stand in and they have to like digitally put it, like digitally right. put mm-hmm. pieces in there. But this, we didn't have that in the 80s and 70s yet. What the split? Like, I don't think so. Well, I, I mean, they had, could they you, did. Could they have digitally put somebody? Maybe not digitally, I mean, but like the split screen stuff they did. I mean, they yeah. did that like Back to the Future. And even before that, they had like right. the Parent Trap movies. I was going to say the that. Parent Trap came out before this. So, yeah. There the original, were the original Parent Trap. Parent Trap. Twins? No, no, no. It was one no. person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know much about my film history. That's not my, uh, okay. my forte. But yeah. I just, it just didn't seem like something we'd have. But that's cool that we have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was a yeah, that was a technique that's been around for a while. Okay. You learn but, something new every day. Yeah, sure yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, you said that was your last thing. Pretty much. I mean, the, the rest, the okay. other stuff is just kind of like little small things, but. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. So. Yeah. Okay. Day now, favorite movie moments and quotes. We'll do same order. Sammy, me, and then we'll end on okay. Dan. All right. So. I have two sets of notes because I told you I, I watched this twice. So just forgive me because I got to go back and forth and figure out the order and stuff. So the first thing I wrote down was I wrote another Death Star. And then I put like the big eye emoji because I was like, oh, there's yes. another one. Because I didn't know. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in this movie. Like, I feel like the first two, there's stuff I was like, okay, I kind of know this storyline just from... Mm-hmm you know, pop culture and all that stuff. There's a lot of stuff in this I just didn't know. So this one had a lot more things that I was like, oh, okay, okay. So 3PO and R2, their very first scene together <laughs> is one of my favorite things. <laughs> I think in all three of them, when they're going up, cause they, they gotta go knock on the door, right? To get let in, to see Jawa. And <laughs> the way 3PO is just like, well, I suppose I should knock. And then he does it. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to come to the door. Let's just go. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The whole thing just cracks me up. And then Artie is just like, all right, come on, let's go. They open the door and he's just like, wait for me. Hold on. <laughs> oh my so gosh. Great. I was cracking up at that both times Whoa. I watched it. That had me just cracking up, you know, because their dynamic is hilarious. Okay, I'm gonna skip this note because I have a question about it. So I'm gonna come back to this. Okay. You'll, you'll see why I have a question about okay. it. Let's see. I really liked when I didn't know that Han was going to come back for sure. I guess. Well, I knew he was in all three movies, right? But I guess they did a good setup in the last one where he could have just disappeared. You know, Mm -hmm. Harrison Ford could have been like, bye, see you later. Which, you know, I know he could have died later. But yeah, I'm glad that he did come back. And I like that Leia was the one that technically rescued him. I thought that Mm -hmm. was another good, you know, showing how powerful Leia is and how sneaky she is. Bring yeah. in um, Chewy and all of that. And when Han wakes up, I love the line, I'm out of it for a little while and everybody gets delusions of grandeur. <laughs> That's a good line. I'm out of it for a little while. Everybody gets delusions of grandeur. Yeah, that had That's me cracking up about poor Luke. I'm like, oh man, I don't believe in him either, Han. I get it. <laughs> a Jedi. A Jedi Knight. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> real, real quick background, yes. like, I forgot about this behind the scenes with like when it came to Han coming back, Han wanted to actually die. Like yeah, he I wanted to die in this movie mm-hmm. and Lucas did not let him. No. He let him in the next, or in the next one. He, what, yeah, he, he finally got his death. Yeah, eventually. he finally got his wish, but he had to wait a while. 
yeah. that tore me up. Like I was bawling in the theaters, but anywho. Uh, yeah. And then going back to the dark side, when the emperor arrives mm-hmm. on the, the Death Star, that scene was very, very cool. And I thought that really showed how big the empire was. You know, he had all those stormtroopers waiting for him. And it just, it was another epic scene to bring that him cool in. Scene. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that. That's what I like. I know the good side, you know, the light side is better, whatever in theory, but <laughs> the dark side has so many cool scenes and so mm-hmm. many cool outfits and just, it's so epic every it's time powerful. we're on screen. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I wrote in here, WTF Yoda was only in this like 20 minutes. Cause I didn't know he died until. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, like literally I remember Robbie and I were watching it and we we're just like, wait a second. Did he he just died? What we like backed it up? <laughs> it was just like <laughs> very yeah, quick. That's like, it. it yeah. The movie just gone. started. What, what the heck? Yeah, he's I so much more frail in that, that scene too. Yeah, he Damn. went from like just being sarcastic and bossy, and you know, like you're saying, the wise old leader, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, I'm really old, so I'm gonna check out. I'm good. He's tired. So, yeah. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Just go find Darth Vader. Okay. Right. Bye. See you later. Yeah. Yes, he's your dad. Go destroy him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Jesus, he is, bro. He is your dad. Sorry. Oh, and by the way, there is another. Not tell oh, yeah. you who it is. I'm just the gonna last line. <laughs> leave you with this. Yeah. You know. There is another dead. I'm just like, uh, wait. Like, wait. What? I mean, I know who it is, but what? <laughs> what the heck, Yoda? Ultimate Jedi troll. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Seriously. I wrote down, does everybody just instinctively know how to drive all of these random machines? Because everyone seems to kind of know how to fly things. And then they all just knew how to use a speeder bike. And I feel like I would have been on there like, what's the button you push to make it go? And everybody else, like they all just get on the speeder bike and they're just gone. Yeah. Well, I think it's an equivalent. Things? I think it's equivalent to our car. Like they don't have cars, they have speeders. I think it's but that then they sort know how equivalent. to do the ships and everything too. I just feel like there's a lot mm. of. I know not all of them can fly well. I understand that, you know, because you got like Chewie yeah. and Han who are like experts, and then yeah, maybe yeah. there's a universal element to it. It's like you learn lo- you maybe. learn one thing, you learn all of them. You know, that's what kinda, I was just wondering. Similar. That was just a question I had. Like I can drive a car, or I can drive a golf cart. Like it's the same basic. Okay, see know. now that makes yeah. sense to me. See, I can't yeah. get behind that. But in, when I was watching, I was just like, okay, yeah. they just know how to. <laughs> You just kind of assume it and go along with it. Yeah. Let's see. And then I'm skipping around a little bit. So when they were going on their mission to get onto the forest moon, when they're trying to be like sneaky and give their code (laughs) and then Han's just like, fly casual. I'm like, we're chewy. Like this is is not helpful directions. Come on now. (laughs) And then literally everything about the Ewoks. Like I can't even, I just literally every single thing about the Ewoks. Yeah. I loved all of their scenes. They were hilarious and such good that. fighters who knew, you yeah. know? So yes. And they're adorable. And when they were going to, you know, burn everybody alive for a C-3PO is the, the mm-hmm. sacrifice or whatever it was when R2 gets released and then the first thing he does is shock them. I thought that was yes. really funny because yeah. I'm just like, you know what, R2, I get you. I probably would have mm-hmm. done the same thing as a droid. Been like, you know what, mm-hmm. screw you. Get and away. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nailed them. Exactly. And I'm going to refer to something out of another podcast. Go for Actually, it. Actually, 
actually you, host. What podcast did you? So oh. you recently had a Star Wars episode on the I one. I did. Yeah, the one three nine fourteen podcast. I did. And you were talking about David versus Goliath, correct? You were. Yes, I, I just. I was. To it. Yes. So I don't remember to, what I was referring to. I don't know. So it was all about Star Wars. So okay. to me, I felt like the Ewoks versus the Empire was like the ultimate display of that sort oh. of idea in the yeah. Star Wars universe. Because you look at the Ewoks, they're primitive, they have primitive language, they don't have weapons, they're they're not as developed, but mm-hmm. they won. They they were yeah, some of the main people, well creatures on the planet, mm-hmm. right? That helped mm-hmm. win the battle there. So I don't know. It just stuck in my head when I was listening to your to your show the other day. I was just like, oh, oh you know what? That's really the Ewoks. So just another plug for her show. By the way, uh, listen to it. She has thanks. a whole Star Wars episode. I do. <laughs> yes. There's the iconic line from the Emperor: "Welcome, young Skywalker. I have been expecting you." That's one I kind of knew, but I didn't really mm-hmm. even know who said it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And then I like that they had the I love you, I know callback when it was reversed between yeah. Leia and, and Han. I thought that was cute. That's good. The way they did that. I had my notes. So this is something I didn't know. I said, I have lots of WTFs for this. I'm sorry. I had <laughs> WTF. So Darth Vader saves Luke. I really didn't know that was going to happen, that he was going to get a redemption storyline. I really had no idea. So I was just like, wait a second, he's going to turn? Oh my goodness. And then I wrote, and he's back to the light side with a whole bunch of question marks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that he, at the end, we were watching and, you know, they were burning the body. And I was mm-hmm. just like looking at Robbie. I was like, does he go back? Does he join the force? Is this what's happening right now? And then he appeared mm-hmm. with Yoda and, and Ben. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I see now, Ashley, why you said when you were younger, you really liked it because it gave you that. Mm-hmm. That warm, fuzzy feeling at the end. Mm-hmm. Always right in the world. They won. He went back to the light side. All of that. Okay. So, let me ask you my question. Okay. Okay. How is Boba Fett in The Mandalorian when he got eaten by that sand thing? I'm very confused. Is there an answer somewhere that I just don't know about? Okay. This, I'm going to say what I, I've heard, and Dan, you okay. correct me, or if you have something, I'll mm-hmm. add it in. So I remember my brother getting ticked when <laughs> <Okay>. Boba died. <laughs> like, that okay. was one thing I was going to bring up, and I'll bring it up later. Uh-huh. But so in so in the Star Wars universe, pre-Disney, so pre-Disney mm-hmm. canon, there is a book that shows that because of his armor because Mandalorian armor is so strong and Mm -hmm. there's such like a toughness to it. He was able to get out of the creature with Mm -hmm. only minimal minimal damage because of his armor. That's why in the Mandalorian, you don't see it see as much of the armor because a lot of it was destroyed in the digestive things. Because in this creature, you're supposed to be killed, like digested over a thousand years. It takes a thousand years to digest. I remember that. Mm -hmm. He was able to get himself out of it in one of the pre-canon books or pre-Disney canon books. So they decided to keep that from what I understand when they did the Mandalorian, which honestly every Boba Fett fan 
like rejoice because they felt mm-hmm. like they got robbed in uh-huh. Return of the Jedi. They kind of did, yeah. though. The, they real. did. They got robbed. They got yeah. totally robbed. I was just like, the movie's been on 10 minutes and he died. What the heck? I thought he was in more of it. Boba Fett existed primarily to sell toys. That's why he was hyped up so much uh, in The Empire Strikes Back. Well, he does look so. very cool. So He does. And there's, yeah, there, yeah. there's like a whole thing around the Boba Fett toy, too. Like, mm-hmm. it was like a big collectors i there's literally only like two specific ones mm-hmm. of like a specific, they have like a jetpack that like shoots a, a missile there's literally only two in the entire world that actually exist oh and they're gosh. like worth like they're like basically priceless wow so, that's insane yeah oh, yeah okay well that answers that question i was very confused <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm just like wait a second yeah i remember watching mandalorian and when i saw the armor because somebody else had the armor at the beginning Right. When I saw that armor, I'm like, that's Boba Fett's armor. Like, yeah. It's like right away, you're like, is Boba Fett coming back? Are they doing it? Are they finally giving the mm-hmm. Fett fans what they want? Right. And actually, they're going to be, a, there's, uh, from what I understand, rumor wise, there's going to be a Boba Fett Disney Plus TV show. Oh, really? It is that. getting pinned off. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if it's still, like, I don't know where it is or what, but that was the rumor. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. they're also doing that with Obi Wan. Obi Wan. I knew like, that. Yeah. with Ian McGregor is right. getting his own show which I'm so, so that's excited exciting. for mm-hmm. that's like the one character in the prequels that I absolutely love is Ian McGregor in yeah. all three of them yeah and of course my droids well, oh, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah Ewan, Ewan McGregor droids. really carried a lot of what was going on in the prequels yeah true yeah even when in the first one when he was younger like I don't know he just did fantastic you believed him he had he had a believability it's not mm-hmm. it's not that others didn't have a believability it's just the performance wise it wasn't what it could have been yeah i mean mm-hmm. i didn't think liam neeson was horrible no he was um, he's he, liam neeson like and, and then st jackson same way mm-hmm. yeah it's just everything else was like eh. yeah mm-hmm. i i did i do remember being shocked when i found out kira knightley was the decoy queen i do remember yeah i remember hearing about that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i like i wa- when i watched it the other day i'm like oh yeah i can totally hear the voice now and mm-hmm. i can totally see it you are i can't Karen unhear Knightley. it now that i hear I it, it. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. like that oh. is elizabeth swan mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah pretty much yes mm-hmm. <laughs> tammy was that all your your moments yeah yeah because my biggest thing okay. was the bobo fett thing where i was just thoroughly confused yeah i mean i was gonna bring that up so we'll just okay. keep talking about it okay he did die too early he died way too early yeah. he needed a better fight scene he needed they needed to use him more in some yes. way shape or form it was yeah. so lame i was just like it i thought was. he was a big warrior and he like fell accidentally into I, it you know <laughs> like he didn't even like, die in a great body. way he was killed like a game of thrones character yeah mm-hmm. yeah kind of like a just so many like built character. up and then just died in the stupidest yes. way yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I re- yeah, my I remember just multiple conversations with my brother. He's like, "Why? Why did he die?" <laughs> yeah. Cuz it's my brother's, I mean, my brother likes a lot of the dark side characters, so Bubba's one of his like favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Along with Darth. But yeah, that that's that even for me, I'm like that was too soon. Like as mm-hmm. a writer, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Wow, that didn't make any sense." Mm-mm. Like yeah. at all. Mm-mm. But whatever. Teach your own, Lucas. You're you're making up for it with right. bringing him in Mandalorian. Let's see here. Some of the other things I love. I love the Ewoks. Actually, Sammy, you probably don't know this, but a lot of the Star Wars fandom despises the Ewoks. <gasps> Why? 
Yeah. Why? A lot of them don't like it because they're the cute little fluffy teddy bears and they're just like throwing characters. Like there's actually a mm-hmm. lot of hate out there for the Ewoks. Oh it, it makes me angry because I love them. I think they're adorable. Yeah. Well, I love them I think them it's a too. good throw in, especially for a little kid, for younger kids as well, mm-hmm. to have like something, a creature that's not hideous mm-hmm. to to latch onto. I well, think. you went and they're just Jabba to those, which I much appreciated because the yeah, Jabba had to balance it out. in those scenes was disgusting. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jabba was pretty. He could have been pretty scary, like for He's younger disgusting. kids. Yeah, so yeah. disgusting and scary. Yeah, Ugh. especially yeah. when he pulled Leia up against him. Like mm-hmm. it always makes me want to throw up in my mouth. I'm like, oh, yes. I feel mm-hmm. so bad for her. Like, oh, Can you imagine it's okay. She smells and he's probably oh, slimy and mm. oh, no, like the slime. And when he like eats those things and they slap up against, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. No. yeah. So when she, I remember like when I was older watching it again, because when I was younger, I didn't understand it when she killed him. But when she kills him now, like when she does it, I like rejoice mm-hmm. with her. I'm like, yes, go, Leia. Yeah. Good job. It's a big, Get cathartic that moment. horrible slime. Big yes. cathartic moment. Yes big dramatic yeah. moment love it mm-hmm. yeah that whole that whole scene it just is really cool especially going back to Tatooine to like save Han and mm-hmm. I just always love Han's banter with everyone and just his dialogue is just so well thought out and intentional mm-hmm. and Harrison I mean Harrison is a legend he always will be a legend oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. he just he executes it so well mm-hmm. so I'm really glad that his schedule allowed him to come back in and that he wanted to come back in right mm-hmm. I don't know what that movie would have been without him like I don't know if it would have even done as well that it, as mm-hmm. it did yeah. without Han Solo in it so yeah I'm really glad they brought him back I also love, I love that intimate scene when Luke reveals to Leia that their brother and sister, Mm -hmm. it's just this, it's this moment where you think there'd be more shock, but Leia's just like, I, you know what? I kind of, Mm -hmm. I kind of always felt that. And then Mm -hmm. in the back of my brain, I'm like, then why did you ever kiss him? But anyway, I was going to say that on the last episode, but like, I didn't want to jump ahead too far. I was like, like she didn't know. So she kissed him, but she kind of did know. It was like, uh, really? I don't know. But, but that, that there's that cute moment when they realize their brother and sister and that, that intimacy of like, like the sibling intimacy right. that it's you a can family have. Intimacy, and right. It's a family yeah. moment of, of realizing like we're brother and sister. We love mm-hmm. each other in that way. And we might lose each other right? because we have to both do our own battles. Mm-hmm. And I do, re- I did kind of wonder why they never like had her say anything about like then oh then you mean Darth is my father which also leads me to think okay Luke and Leia are his his children Mm -hmm. he somehow knows like in his mind he realizes that Luke is his son I guess just because of the Skywalker name but you literally had princess leia your daughter in front of you when you capture her and you don't know it like wait a second wait a second don't you like you would think he'd notice Mm -hmm. oh my gosh she looks like my old wife Mm -hmm. like seriously that always annoyed me i'm like I don't like yeah. this. <laughs> mm. Again, you gotta chalk it up to even the. I know. You know they weren't. They weren't entirely sure. Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of like saying, uh, you know, Obi Wan said Vader betrayed and murder your father. You know, because they hadn't really decided necessarily. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, from what I told you was true. From a certain point of view, I was like, 
Well, from what he told you was true before the script rewrites, like, <laughs> you know. No, and, that's, <laughs> and that's the thing, like, that's the one thing with that, like with scripts and, and the rewrites and stuff, it just, it annoys me because I'm like, you should have had this all planned out before yeah. you started. But yeah. That's my writer in me yelling at right. him. I'm like, why? Because there's so many plot holes. Like, there's not a lot of plot holes, but there's plot holes in everything we do, yeah. mm-hmm. especially when things change in the midst of it. And it's just one of those plot holes that I'm like, how did Darth not know? Like, he should have known. He should have, like, ugh. anywho. Mm-hmm. That that annoys me, but I do love that moment when they find out. I also love the moment when Han comes out afterwards and he's all jealous. Oh mm-hmm. gosh, Han. <laughs> did you tell Luke? Is that how you could tell? Yeah, you know, yeah. so mad. <laughs> and then he like finally stops. You see that he has a soft side because he stops and he apologizes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. wait, Han apo- Han can apologize. Right. He's a person. Apologize? He actually has feelings. What is interesting? This? Yeah, he, yeah. He, he has depth. He does. He does mm-hmm. have depth. And then I just love everything on Endor and just the battle. The speeder scene is amazing. The, how they, how the Ewoks battle with them, how they trick them to get in when Chewie, when Chewie gets, Chewie getting into the chicken with the, with the Ewoks yes. makes me so happy. And it, it makes me laugh because when fast forward to this past trilogy, when he gets the porgs and the porgs oh, are annoying yeah. him in the ship, it reminds me of when mm-hmm. the Ewoks were annoying him because he was trying to do stuff and the Ewoks were doing it. And he'd like slap him away. And then mm-hmm. same thing with the porgs. I'm like, oh, we're having That's a little funny. like flashback mm-hmm. thing back. going on mm-hmm. here. Yeah. That's cute. And then I will say, I, I do want to bring this up. I just thought of it. I forgot to write it down. In backing up to the very beginning, when Luke comes into Jabba's palace. Mm-hmm. I okay so it's always been in my head that you only force choke if you're dark mm. Luke force chokes two of the pig guards yeah. when mm-hmm. he walks in and it always freaks me out I'm like okay did George forget is it actually any Jedi can force choke mm-hmm. what I thought it was only done when you hate, like with hate, like what is going on? It's always boggled my mind and it still does to this day because there's no really explanation unless Dan, you have one. Uh, I mean, it was never really established that it's specifically a Jedi mm-hmm. or a Sith thing. I think it's just, we, we always associated it with because that's what we saw. Because mm-hmm. it's dark, but, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I look at it as like, he didn't necessarily do it out of anger. Like he did it because, I mean, maybe there was an element of anger, but it was like a righteous anger. It's like, I'm here to save my friends who are in trouble. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna be serene. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like the motive wasn't really to hurt them. It was just to get the heck out of my, get out of my way. Yeah. So that's how I rationalize it. But that makes me think then why didn't he just force push them? Like we normally see in most of them. Cause here's the thing. If they would have continued having light and dark randomly Mm -hmm. force choke, throughout the prequels and the new, mm-hmm. I would have been okay with it. Mm-hmm. I would have finally reconciled all that. But no force choke is happening in the prequels from a, from from the, oh my gosh, light side. Mm-hmm. And none of it's happening in the new series, the new sequels. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that's always kind of made me wonder if Luke is actually struggling to be light at that point. Interesting. Maybe. It could be. I mean, I've always said that, you know, 
Luke's always kind of struggled with. You know, I mean, the Skywalkers themselves are not, you know, the, the men anyway. Or yeah. They've always kind of struggled with, you know, light, dark, pull to the light, pull to the dark. So it's always been a conflict with them. And so, I mean, he goes into hate for a little bit when he's battling, when he tries to kill Empire and the, or the Emperor and then battles his dad. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just like... And really, his story arc in the original trilogy is really just a test of how to go from a child to an adult, a boy to a man, or, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, do, do I choose anger, do I choose empathy, and the struggle, the constant back and forth with that. So, yeah. it very well could have been a part of, like, do I, how do I handle this in this situation? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I never thought too much about that, but, I mean, you're right, there's, I can't think of any other time a Jedi would force choke somebody. Mm-hmm. I've never yeah. seen it. Yeah. It just not even in the cartoons. Yeah. Have I seen it? I haven't finished Rebels yet, but I don't I <laughs> doubt I'm gonna see it. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. I think that's the only other one I wanted to bring up. I do love at the end. I I do love the redemption, like Sammy said, at the end. I was reading also one of the behind the scenes things I didn't put on there. James Earl Jones when he found when he saw in the script that, or he saw it that Darth Vader saved Luke. He didn't believe, he couldn't believe that Darth Vader went to the light side. Like it didn't, it wasn't fathomable in his mind that mm-hmm. Darth could change. He, it shocked him, mm-hmm. yeah. which I found interesting that you can shock James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. <laughs> the voice of Darth Vader. But I, I, it makes sense to me because especially when you watch the prequels, then you see where he does come from. He comes from the training of the light, you know, right. well, and you know it because Obi-Wan talks about it, mm-hmm. but there is still good in him and everyone still has some sort of good in them and everyone has some dark in them. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the key things about this story that I, mm-hmm. I love. It's the good versus right. evil and, and that redemption in the end. And I mean, all three trilogies, nope. Two of the trilogies have redemption in the end. The prequels, you kind of can't. He becomes Darth Vader. Yeah, no, yeah. It just doesn't yeah. work that way. Yeah. But you have redemption in both of them. So, it, I mean, even though we're not talking about specifically, but like the sequels, even though she is the granddaughter of a Palpatine, she is now the redemption of the Palpatine line mm-hmm. by being, yeah. I don't know if she goes light or if she becomes like a gray Jedi or... She's probably more gray. That's how I see her, is it? Yeah, force. Oh my gosh, what are they called? Force sensitive? Yeah, well, no, from Rogue One, the blind guy, he's specifically called something. It wasn't just force sensitive, or was it force aware? Uh, I I have to watch it again. I don't remember. I'd have to look it up again. But the one who guys, the one who says I'm one with the force and the force was with yeah, me. Yeah, not I know you're talking mm-hmm. about. I thought he was like a specific name of something, and I can't remember what it is now. I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, that's all my my gist of my uh, of what bugs me and what I love. <laughs> I, I put a little rant in there too. Yeah, rants are good. I love a that's good okay. rant. This is true. Dan, what about you? I know we probably talked about some of them, but there's probably mm-hmm. others, right, that we haven't talked about. Yeah, no, definitely. So my thing is, okay, to start off with, I do have, I have somewhat of a rant, okay? Go for it. My rant is the band in Jabba's Palace, the Max Rebo band. Uh Okay. So I despise (laughs) that they changed the original song. Because, Sammy, you probably don't know this, but in the original trilogy, before all the special edition, Mm-hmm. Uh, during the dance sequence where he kills Ula, there's a whole different song playing. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, yeah, actually, you probably remember it. That's like, da 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 like that really. And I love that. It's called Lapti Neck, and it fits the atmosphere of Java's Palace so well. It's dark. It's for, it is an underground, underworld kind of mm -hmm. sound. It's like, if you hear this song, it's like, abandon hope, all ye who enter here. That is Jabba's Palace. Mm -hmm. And they changed it to the freaking Muppets mm -hmm. in the special edition. They added, it's called Jedi Rocks. Mm -hmm. It's a cartoon, and there's this guy, like, that is the, yeah. I see, as a 10-year-old, I liked it because it was new. As an adult, I'm like, this, I, I do not like this. I want the original song. I want mm -hmm. Max Rebo's old band back. I mean, it's the same band, but I want the original song. I want that old band back. The original Vader back. I don't want Hayden is the stupid force <laughs> ghost. Right. That, that, that one I could take or leave, but... No, it needs to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my other rant. Yeah, no, no, I got, I got you. I got you, I got you. So, that, so that, that's my thing with Java, Java's pad. But as far as the rest of it, everything, really everything in Java's Palace, like all the monsters, all the cool stuff. Because originally that's kind of the atmosphere that Lucas wanted in the cantina scene. Like he wanted a very earthy, real lived in, very elaborate, just series of crazy monsters and stuff. And he finally got to get that in Return of the Jedi. So I thought that was really, really cool to see. Mm -hmm. So I had mentioned the Ranker, Ranker scene before, speeder bike sequence, you know, mm -hmm. definitely some of my favorite one. A lot of people don't really mention this moment, but I had this moment, as even as a kid, where all the Ewoks are bowing down and they're worshiping 3PO. Mm -hmm. And Han just gets really annoyed, but he does this really weird face. Like he turns into Jack Nicholson for whatever, mm -hmm. and like, that's like, you know, oh, why don't you use your divine influence? And yes. get like this, I was like, are you about to do like a here's Johnny moment? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, that just wouldn't be proper. Proper, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I, I felt like maybe he's just, he doesn't care anymore and he just wants to let all his sarcasm out. I don't know, but that always cracked me up as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, like, I like that. You know, why don't you use your divine influence and get us out of this? Mm -hmm. So, so I like that. I so love that it's Han that they were going to cook. I know, right? Like, it, it kind of dignifies like what C3PO <laughs> has been going through with Han. It's like, yeah, yeah let's a little vengeance there. Yeah, right. you deserve it. You deserve this. I bet C3PO this. told him, yeah, yeah. Han, it's Start fine. with him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. It's like for once I get the one up on this guy. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna milk this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, so that's a fun one. What else? And then, so a little while later, you know, they get, you know, they get. They recognize that they're all friends, and they cut Han and, and Luke. They cut them all loose, and then three PO. They're in the scene where he's retelling the story of everything they've been through. They're telling the story right. to the Ewoks. Mm -hmm. I just think that's such a really to me that feels like a love letter to not just the fans but to everyone who's worked on this film. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, look how far we've come. Look at all the things we've accomplished. And it's like a mm -hmm. that moment where you stop and you look back, and it's just it's a really sweet, really warm kind of scene. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an arc for three PO because in the very first one, if you remember. He's like, I'm just a droid. I'm not really good at telling stories. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And now he's telling a story with sound effects and it's immersive. <laughs> and even like, you know, Han and Leia, they're getting into it. And the Ewoks mm -hmm. are getting into it. And that's kind of a pivotal moment that says, mm -hmm. hey, we can be your allies. This is our mm -hmm. journey. This is what we want. And they decide to be a part, you know, the Ewoks allow them into the tribe. So it's a really, it's a prominent moment, I think, for everything, but for 3PO specifically. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I thought that was yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I'm tearing up. You're talking about it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was getting a little misty the other day when I was like, I was like, that's such a that's such a sweet moment. It really it is. is. It is such a pivotal moment for C3PO. Yeah. And yeah, when you started talking about that, I'm like, yeah, he's at the beginning he says, I can't tell stories. And it shows that it really does show that these droids are not just machines in this mm. story. They are a part of the family. They are in a sense, humanoids, kind of, mm. in a sense. They have emotions, even though they're not supposed to. They have, uh, they can change, they can grow, even though they're supposed to be programming. I just, I think that's why I love the droids so much, mm. because he made them, he humanized them. And mm. they're just, they're just, it's just so much fun to watch and see how they change and grow and yeah. and come become closer with not just the main characters, but with each other. Mm. Yeah. They just have their own personalities and it's just fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And even to add to that, just the fact that, I mean, mentioning the prequels, I mean, Anakin as a boy, he built 3PO. So he yeah. probably put a lot of his own spirit into into him too. So it's like the fact that he found Luke and I don't know, just it adds an even, even deeper you know, mm -hmm. element to it. Um, yeah. So I, 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 lo I love that. So that and then going beyond that, the Luke and Vader, the final confrontation, which is just probably the most powerful mm -hmm. ever yeah you know it, it almost feels cheap to actually say specifically what but just everything about it just the conflict in vader the conflict in luke the just the the forces the elements beyond the physical characters mm -hmm. that are at play with each other and that final moment where he does turn to the dark side he does let the anger take over even though he pulls himself back mm -hmm. you know when he sees it's like you had mentioned, I, I hope I'm not, like, I don't know if you were going to talk about with cutting off his hand. Go for to, it. You know, Go but yeah, it. like, it's what was foreshadowed in The Empire Strikes Back, where he's like, you could, if you go down this path, you could be this, you could become this. Mm -hmm. And he starts it and he lets that anger, you know, control him. And then there's a physical thing where he's just, you know, he's just wailing and wailing and wailing. And then he finally, bam, just cuts off his arm. And it's like, a, it's that moment where you physically see something that says this is what you are becoming right at this very moment mm -hmm. and that's where he takes all of his will and that's that final test of becoming you know who he was meant to be pulling himself back and saying this is not who i am i will not do this right it goes away i will never become like my father i will never become like dark Vader. you failed i am a jedi mm -hmm. like my father before me you know mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and it just it just you know, and then, which I have my next moment where that's pretty much he's he's going to be killed at that point. You know, because mm -hmm. if Darth Vader hadn't stepped in, the Emperor was like, all right, later, you know, he starts just destroying him and killing him. And he would have died like that would have been the end of Luke Skywalker. And it's like that demonstration of redemption mm -hmm. is what pulled that final goodness back out, out away from Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. and brought Anakin Skywalker back, you yep. know, to the light. Mm -hmm. And when he makes the decision to to save Luke, to kill the thing that's been, that had been controlling them, you know, all this time, mm -hmm. it's like, <sighs> yeah. you know, I, I can't watch it without just being like in absolute awe mm -hmm. of just how powerful that, that whole thing is. Mm -hmm. You know, and even especially after seeing the prequels, like you, you recognize the you remember the kind of person he was before he became Darth Vader. So it's like all those things were probably coming back to his mind too, a friendship right. and love and remembering that he was a good person. Mm -hmm. And now this, this thing that came out of friendship and love, this thing that came out, this this child, his child, mm -hmm. 
who's being harmed, who's trying to, you know, and that's when he has to, that's when, that, that is the return of the Jedi. That's the mm -hmm. Jedi who returns. Yeah. Yes, that is very true. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's funny because you hear these, like how, how Lucas does the names of mm -hmm. the movies. You think you know mm -hmm. what the names mean until you actually dig in and look at it. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, Mm -hmm. Luke isn't the return of the Jedi. He's yep. not re he's not returning the Jedi to the world. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Anakin coming back yep. for that last moment that ends up killing him, but he he redeems himself in that mm -hmm. moment. Yeah, so it's yeah, I love how he names these things. Like even the new ones, I'm like, oh, I see what you did there with that mm -hmm. name, even though yeah, I might not like it. I see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything has a meaning. Everything yes. has depth very intentional absolutely and then my my final thing was the celebration at the end when we see mm. you know all of the different planets that are are yeah. you know celebrating the fall uh -huh. of the empire you see the naboo you see coruscant you see Tatooine, mm -hmm. you see endor you know the fourth moon of endor you see all these people who are just celebrating this victory for the yeah. first time in, in 20 plus years you know mm -hmm. and we, all that while luke is sort of He's, he's at peace, but he's also, you know, he's grieving. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very melancholy, very, you know, bittersweet, which is how it's, it should be. It's, it's, a, it's a happy ending, but it's a bittersweet yeah. happy ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. and at this point, we don't know. I know a lot of time has passed, but we don't know if Luke ever really got to grieve any of the losses he had. Right. Like the poor yeah. boy lost his aunt and uncle. He lost Obi. He lost Yoda, mm -hmm. and then he lost his father. And we don't know if he was ever able to grieve. So he finally is able to take a breath mm -hmm. and, and grieve those losses. And I just, I wish we could know, like I really wish we could have known Leia's reaction and if she, like how she responded to the fact that right. her father was Darth Vader mm -hmm. and did she grieve and, and, and all these different things. Like that part is something I wish we could have had a little mm -hmm. bit more insight yeah. into, probably just because she's my favorite character. Sure. But yeah, I, I agree. It's a very bittersweet, but good ending for any, for any loss that mm -hmm. I go through. It's, mm -hmm. it's hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Guys, I know like we have to end this episode, but I don't want to end. <laughs> I feel I don't I'm having fun. I'm like, I just You're so cute. really do we have to? So cute. Yeah. Oh, but it's so it's just so good. We could just go straight into the sequels. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm down for it. No, those would take forever. <laughs> they would. <laughs> There's so yeah. much to pull apart in those. There's yeah. probably more ranting in those. Well, not in the first one. I have no rants for Force Awakens. Force true, Awakens true. makes me happy. I love it. Mm -hmm. Especially when Han and Chewie come into the Millennium Falcon. And every time he says Chewie, we're home. Oh, I get yeah. emotional. That's, that's one of those moments. It's one of those moments. I'm like, oh, we're all home, Han. Just not you. We're all home. Right. <laughs> and then when she was just with Millennium Falcon, like just the iconic ship. And she's like, not that one. It's garbage. The garbage panning to it. We're like, <gasps> and you hear the yes, music. Mm -hmm. yes. like, yes, yeah. That's not garbage, you dumb girl. <laughs> right. Well, to be fair, um, Luke called a piece of junk too. So yeah, this is true. Mm -hmm. This is true. Yeah. But we know it's not junk. That is true. This is true. 
but yeah, no, I know, I know we have to end the episode. I know we have to stop. But thank you everyone for joining in on our Star Wars month. It's like one of my favorite things. So I'm thankful that Sammy decided to dive in with us and, and get involved in it. Cause I honestly didn't know if she would or not, um, <laughs> to be quite honest. So I thank her for that. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. If anybody wants to follow you on social media, what is your, where can they find you like on Insta or Twitter or whatever you're on? My Instagram is DG Cinema. Okay. Which I'll probably end up changing. I'm, I'm still developing my social media presence. And then my YouTube handle is Dantastic. Yes. He has some fantastic videos. Do you have your old rant videos and stuff up still? A couple of them are up there, yeah. Yeah. Dan made some rant videos in college, and they are hilarious. Yeah, they're, they're fun. Oh. You might not understand one or two of them if you go if you went to a public college. You'd be like, why are you ranting about this? Yeah. But we went to a Christian college, public, like private, mm-hmm. and <laughs> some of them are quite funny to watch. Yeah, some of them are tailored specifically for the college culture itself. So if you, know, if you were part of it, probably won't get it, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. If you understand the strictness of some Christian college campuses, you will understand some of the videos. But that he he really does have some amazing videos up there to watch. But other than that, guys, you know where to find us on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, and YouTube, where you yes. can see our smiling faces and our beautiful ears, and then also yeah. Dan's amazing face mm-hmm. as well. And then, Sammy, where else can they find us? Obviously, LimitlessBroadcasting.com, like we always tell you. There's a shop, there's products available, links to all of the podcasts that we produce. And you can find our Patreon accounts where your donations are always greatly appreciated. And if you don't need enough, you can hang out with us, which we would love because I think we're highly entertaining. So We are. We are highly entertaining. Or, well, let's ask Dan. Dan, are we entertaining? Did we entertain you for a month? I had a great time, so absolutely, absolutely. Okay. I, am, I am thoroughly entertained. <laughs> Are you Good not answer. entertained? We can, we can still be friends. <laughs> wow, glad that is that moment right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. make or break. It was not our make or break moment. Uh, You're no. stuck with you and I are stuck together for life. You, me, Holly, and Ralph. Never this goes is true. Away. This is true. Yeah, I didn't make it the last line, so I'm just gonna make it up. Thank you again so much. I hope you enjoyed going through these far, far away galaxies with us this month. Next month, we're really excited. It's a two-month series, which now I'm thinking we probably should have done for Star Wars, but it's a two-month series for the Muppets. Sammy and I have an absolute love for the Muppets. We go on the Muppet ride every time we go to Hollywood Studios together, even though we know it by heart. I think that's why we love it so much. We're going to be exploring almost everything Muppets, from the TV shows to the characters to all the different movies Mm -hmm. to all the different things going on with the Muppets. So we're super excited to jump into that with you guys. So definitely come back next week to hear all about what we're doing with the Muppets. Bye, friends. Bye, Pixie Dusters. Bye. So be it. Jedi. Thanks for listening to the Pixie Dust Twins, Sammy and Ashley. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.